pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 97. Today I'm going to chat with Curtis Hallstrom from VSO Gun Channel, talk about the drastic measures a guy took to get out of the house, a woman who got shot but is being charged with manslaughter. We're going to discuss NRA TV and the worst gun malfunction we've seen. I am your host, Ava Flannell, and Curtis, you just got out of a pretty bad rainstorm. Yeah, actually. Uh, <laughs> we tried to do this once before. <laughs> yeah, take two. We got, and we got... We got shut down because my house went dark for about 15 seconds. <laughs> so we're back and we're ready to rock. And this is why I don't record live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into it, let's talk about Manicore Arms. Curtis, I don't know if you have any experience with any of their products, but I I love their products. So for example, like the Bren, the 805, they have an M-Lock forend, which is nice because if you've ever seen, you know, just the stock forend, it's that Picatinny underside rail, which, you know, it kind of, it's not as comfortable to uh, place your hand on. So it replaces that with the M-Lock forend. Uh, it's nicely contoured and it gives you, you know, the M-Lock option. If you guys want to check it out or get anything at Manicore Arms, just go to manicorearms.com and use the code GUNFUNNY15 for 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. So, Curtis, tell everybody what it is that you do in the gun industry. Well, I do a couple different things. Uh, the first of my two companies it, uh, does video work. So, a lot of the video that you guys are familiar with would be the forward-facing stuff that we publish on YouTube and Full30 and on our social media and stuff like that. Uh, but we do video production for companies, uh, say, for their Shachu booth and stuff like that. Uh, but then the other side, uh, which is the part that I really enjoy much more, uh, I see YouTube as kind of an advertisement for my real day job, which is uh, I go out and test guns for companies. So that is what I do for a living. I go out and basically I have a list of things that I'm going to test that day. I'm going to go out and break guns. Mm, that's what I do. Hmm, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Talk about like, you know, everyone's dream job. Uh, it's a lot of fun, except for in February. It really sucks in February because it's really cold here. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. And then, well, I would just imagine, yeah, it's either really cold or really hot. Yeah. So about August, it gets a little bit unbearable uh, outside, but uh, really it's more humidity in the summertime than it is uh, the actual heat. Mm -hmm. Our raw heat only gets up to about probably 90 95 max, but it's around August. It's usually hundred percent humidity. Yeah. That's <laughs> insane. So how did you get started doing this? Well, it's, it's, it's funny. I, um, I started doing YouTube in, in the gun side of things, but I just kind of screwing around. But prior to doing this professionally, I was a real scientist and I had a couple different jobs, but mostly dealing with test and eval of product for a contract lab situation or uh, reverse engineering things for uh, various other companies and things like that. So uh, 
my background was science. And then I thought, well, hey, why don't we kind of, nobody's really doing this. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that, that will make their product and they will have their team of engineers look at it in-house. And the firearms industry, a lot of times, ends up being very siloed. People don't want people to copy their idea, uh, even though there's a lot of iterative products out there. They don't reach out to a, a lot of people to get feedback before they put a product out there on the market. And a lot of the time, that can end up with a substandard product, unfortunately. Uh, because if you've just had your engineers that that produced it from the ground up, they may have missed something along the way. And it's always good to have three, four, five extra sets of eyes looking at it and being like, no, I think you guys are cracked on that over there. You should probably fix that, make it out of this or, or reshape it this way so that it doesn't do this one thing that we found that it did. And that's the basis of what I do on a day-to-day basis. That's crazy. That's actually the last thing I would have thought that you were going to say. Really? As a scientist, <laughs> yeah. So how long were you scientists for? Um, I think if I look at my resume, I think it's like five years or something like that. So and... I went to I went to school uh, right out of high, right out of high school. I went to a high university, uh-huh. and I have uh, degrees in biological sciences and chemistry. And I was a chemist for five years, approximately after I got out of school. So then, so, what made you decide, like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit this industry and kind of do like focus more on on firearms. I mean, obviously you still incorporate, you know, chemistry and stuff into what you do now, but when was, when did you finally make that decision? So I was working at a job that was really cool. I was actually accepted to grad school and I was going to go to grad school mostly to to study Fox first centers is what I really wanted to do uh, for any nerds in the audience, you know what that means. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll not go into depth on it, but all the nerds that are listening know exactly what that means. But uh, anyway, I got basically an offer for, that I couldn't refuse. It was like, come do this really cool stuff for us. We're a subcontractor for the U.S. government. Like, we'd really like you to work for us. And how I got that job is I was working on cancer drugs and that position required me to wear or to go into the big isolation glove hoods and work uh, on things in a controlled space. And they saw that experience and they recruited me to go work for this other company that basically was doing lots of different things that chemically related that the government would be interested in. Hmm. Well, two years and then Obama happened and basically for anybody who doesn't know, when you cut military funding, the military never stops buying bullets, bombs, food, none of that stuff. They, they don't stop buying it. They're going to use, they're going to continue to use as much of that stuff as they want. What they do cut is the next generation of research. And unfortunately, uh, one of the last few acts that I performed at that job was packing up uh, a program that had existed for 10 years prior to me arriving, putting it in boxes to send it to a government storage facility. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, that stuff will never be recovered. I'm going to tell you right now because we tried our best to catalog it, but nobody is going to be able to restart that at all. And that's unfortunate that that much, that much, that project was so far along and been so far reaching that uh, it ultimately got shut down. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way 
it works when you have somebody like that who's at the helm. And what basically what caused me to do that is I ended up losing that job. I got laid off. And I realized that deriving my sole source of income from a single source is a really terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like it's a really awful model as far as stability is concerned. As long as that one job that you have is paying good and it's consistent and the industry that it's in is stable and all that sort of stuff, then you're golden. But you wouldn't think that, you know, like chemistry, biology, you would think that that would always be in demand. So yeah, I mean, I was able to, but, but I guess, yeah, I, was, I mean, but what you're saying is absolutely correct. And I realized that as well as like, don't put your, you know, all your eggs in one basket. Right. So within a few months, I was able to find another job that was actually even closer to my house. It was not nearly as cool, but what I decided at that point in time, after I had lost that job, that I had already started my channel, like in like 2008, mm -hmm. like way back then I had started my channel and I had kind of been using it to screw around on the internet. And I started to get a lot more serious with the video production side of stuff at that point in time. Uh, cause there's, wasn't a whole lot of people working in that capacity in the industry either. So I was like, well, you know, uh, I came to the realization that I needed to get out of working a day job when I realized that the amount that I got paid for working for somebody over the course of a weekend, busting my ass was more than my biweekly paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, what could I do if I said, you know what, screw this day job. What if I could do that consistently day in, day out? How, how much more successful could I be and how much more insulated could I be if I had 50 different paychecks all over the course of that time versus a single? Mm -hmm. So even if this person's, if this client's down and then it's statistically improbable that 50 different sources will all be down at once. Yeah. We need to have like a national crisis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. For that to happen. And those, while they do happen, probably aren't going to happen as often. They, they would affect the day job just as bad, if not worse, than having that kind of insulation. So you so, make, make self-employment sound really easy for everyone out there. <laughs> yeah. So self-employment is, is freaking awesome. But it sucks to be self-employed because you work for yourself and your boss is an asshole. Mm-hmm. So... Well, yeah. And so I always tell people, cause I, you know, I don't have another, a job where I work for anyone and I do have different forms of, you know, like things that I do, like train the podcast. And, uh, but it is, it's one of those things where if you work for somebody else, you're kind of guaranteed a paycheck for as long as you have that job. Whereas like self-employment, like you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Like you, you know, you don't know when the next time you're going to get paid, but I think that the pros outweigh the cons. It's just, you know, it's like, are you self-motivated? Because every morning, you know, before you know, it, you could be like sleeping until 12. Oh, I'm just going to stay up late tonight. And, you know, so you do have to be like pretty disciplined to get the job done. <laughs> if you don't have a boss, like breathing down your neck, uh, the whole stay up late thing, you already do it. Still, still do it. That's I funny. I'm like, it. I'm like in bed by like 1030. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm like a 3am person up at like seven, eight uh -huh. person. Yeah. Dang. So. I wish I could uh, only no, get that much sleep. <laughs> no, you don't. So what, is, what does VSO mean? Uh, so it's, it's funny. Again, there was a whole process that created that. So back when I created my YouTube channel, 
it was Vigilant Spectre was my username, okay? And it was totally juvenile, okay? You got to remember the time frame back to, like, 2008. Mm -hmm. YouTube had just been created. Like, (laughs) it it was this, like, website that had, like, people sharing cat videos and shit on. (laughs) Like, can I cuss on this show? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. (laughs) Just making sure. So there was, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on. So when I rebranded it after basically coming back and being like, wow, people are actually watching this crap on purpose. Maybe I should try harder. I went with very shitty operators. Um, (laughs) So since then uh, I've now opened a second company uh, and it is VS ordinance. So most of the time I tell people uh, in short form communications that it stands for VS ordinance. Okay. So, all right, cool. What are the, some of like the worst products you've ever worked with? <laughs> so I saw this question in the show notes and I had to call my brother and be like, Hey dude, so I'm drawing a blank because I see a lot of stuff that comes through here yeah. that I can talk about some stuff. I'm under NDA, like all that sort of stuff. I'm like, Hey, since you haven't seen it, a lot of the NDA stuff because he lives in Iowa, I'm like, What's the worst stuff that we've ever, and so he jogged my memory on a couple different things. And can I have two? Uh huh, absolutely. Okay. So the first one that we talked about is Sky, S C C Y. Uh huh. They aren't like a show sponsor or anything, are they? No. <laughs> okay, just make sure. Okay. They actually, um, actually, they did reach out to me. They wanted to work with me, and I was like, I just can't. And, like, and here's the thing I, I've toured their facility. I've been inside of it. It's a beautiful facility. It's probably the cleanest machine shop that I have personally been in. And I've been in a lot of, I've been in a lot of facilities. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like I see their state of the art CNC machines. They got whole, they've got like a college gymnasium full of CNC machines doing single op. And for anybody who doesn't know what that means, that means the machine does one thing and one thing only ever. It never gets changed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know why. The, the guns suck. It shouldn't suck. The only thing that I could think is materials and QC, final QC, mm-hmm. because it's such a budget-friendly gun, they probably don't spend as many hours working on it as they probably should in the post-op, cleaning things up, hand-fitting, all that sort of stuff. And then the other thing that we've kind of drived it to is the magazine absolutely sucks in that gun. I mean, it is probably the worst design magazine that I have ever seen. Uh, and that's saying something. Like, it's even worse than an original Breda magazine. So, Do you have any uh, experience with the new the new 380 that they came out with? No, I have not touched it. Not, uh, they could call me. And I would test it. If they called me and said, hey, Kurt, it's been a while. You know, Will you test this thing out? I would absolutely. I'd call my people and get some get a shipment of ammo delivered for the thing because I don't have 380 laying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'd go out and we'd hammer the piss out of it. We absolutely would. I've not had an experience with it though. Hmm. Because I work in so many different capacities with video, I have a forward facing YouTube channel. I have video that I do for people and I do testing and evaluation for people. I have to keep my conflicts of interest like in check. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that, those companies that sign on with us, a lot of the times they want a video produced. They, because we cut a lot of our videos from testing, but I'll tell you that about 60% of the stuff that comes here never makes it to YouTube for either it was never supposed to be, or it wasn't ready for prime time. 
we have to keep our conflicts of interest in check. And to be able to do that, I can't have them controlling how a video looks. So they have to sign a terms of service with us. Uh, even if their ulterior motive is to get that video produced, uh, they have it has to go through testing. That's important because I want to make sure that those companies aren't trying to uh, influence the way the video looks long-term. Mm-hmm. We've had people try uh, over the course of that. Hey, can you edit? Nope. So basically what that comes down to is they may see the edit beforehand and they may say, you know, we really don't want that published about our product. And I'm like, all right, later on. <laughs> so, and, and you don't publish it and I won't publish it. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, and now a lot of the times I'll come to them before the video is like fully post-produced and be like, Hey, look, I have to include this, you know? Yeah. And they're like, Hey, we don't really want that published about our product. I'm like, all right, well, this is what that process looks like. Are you telling me that this is not representative of your product? And if they say, no, it's not representative. Well, then they need to, then everybody makes a lemon. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just part of manufacturing. Maybe, maybe it's a a one-off problem. That's fine. You need to send us two more and we need to rebook the testing Mm -hmm. so that we can go out and say, okay, well, we had one lemon and two good ones. If those quote unquote, two good ones show up and they ain't good, then, Hey, we've now had three in here. We still have the same problem. You need to revisit your manufacturing process, something that you do in your design process and come back to us after, after you've got that done to make sure that this thing works. Mm -hmm. Because the biggest thing to me, Ava, is I can't be wrong because I don't know who's watching the video. Ultimately, people do use video on YouTube, Instagram, all that sort of stuff as a way to inform themselves about products. Uh And if it's a Cheeto dicked mom's basement dweller, it doesn't matter what that dude buys. Okay. I can be wrong to him all day long because he's never going to shoot that gun. But if a cop is buying something for duty use, I can't be slinging crap product to that guy because his life may depend on it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, any dudes that may be, gearing up for a contract or something like that. And they have to furnish their own gear. I don't know why those dudes are listening to me, but a lot of times they will use multiple videos on a product to see what they want to buy. I can't be wrong for those guys. I can't have them in the shit. And then the thing that I recommended break on them. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I actually just experienced that where a company sent me something and it was just total crap. And it, one, it kind of annoyed me because I recorded myself putting the gun together. And then at the very end, that's when I had issues with the stupid, the forward assist was hitting up against the bolt carrier group. And so I emailed the company and they're like, oh yeah, that has been kind of an issue. But they didn't say like, hey, we'll replace it or, you know, so they're aware of it. And that kind of bothered me that they still sent it to me. Uh, and then they're like, oh, are you going to publish that video? And I'm like, well, unless you want me to publish it where it shows me having issues with this and they're like, can you edit it out? I'm like, I'm not going to edit it out. I don't feel comfortable doing that. So then I was Especially like, thing, that, that was the right call, by the way. Yeah. I can interrupt you for a second. No, so, that was the right call because especially it sounds to me like they knew it was a problem and yeah. they are sending the product out anyway. That's exactly. Yeah. And so 
so I'm just like sitting here kind of thinking, all right, well, what do I do with this freaking product? And then I'm like, well, let me bring it to the range and see how it operates. Like after I changed out the forward assist and I could not cycle a freaking round and it's not the magazine. I've tried multiple magazines. It's not like a feeding issue. So, and that meanwhile, they're like messaging me like every other day, like, Hey, do you have a video for us? Hey, do you have, and it's getting to like getting pretty annoying where one, I don't really, if I do publish a video, I'm probably going to like tear this gun to shreds, but I do feel bad at times doing that because I know that companies work really hard to, you know, to build up a business and, you know, it's like somebody coming in and taking a class and then giving me a one-star review and you're like, okay, you know, but I feel like I've already expressed my opinion as to like why this, this gun isn't working. I'm not going to, if I do a video on it, it's not going to be good. And because I don't like, that's one thing I don't mess around with is I'm not just going to endorse anything that anybody wants me to endorse. Because like you said, even as an instructor, you know, like my students might see a video that I did and they're like, Oh, she likes that gun. I'm going to go out and buy one because I think that influencer marketing is probably stronger than most advertising out there. But you, you also, you know, you lose credibility if you're just marketing crap and, it just morally people are using this stuff to, you know, to save their lives with. So um, you, you hit something that I wanted to expand on. I can't tell you how many times I've been to a training course and somebody's contacted me afterwards and they've saw something that I've published and they're like, Hey, is it really like the way that you described it in the video? And I was like, yeah, why, why would it be different? And they're like, well, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure before I bought it because you know, I know that sometimes, you know, you have to be creative in how you do stuff to, and I was like, no, we don't do that here. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we, you can't, I'm not saying that you couldn't pay me to lie for you, but you'd never hear from me ever again. Uh, <laughs> okay. <right. laughs> like every dude, every man's got his, and woman has uh, their price. Okay. But I'll tell you what mine looks like. Okay. I need enough money from you to be able to go buy an island and a yacht and an <laughs> anti-aircraft gun with enough ammunition and residual money to throw parties weekly for all my friends where we basically shell the island and then we scavenge the island for everything that we killed. And then we use the craters on the beach to make a bonfire to roast the dead animals that we just murked. Okay. Right, so like it sounds like you've done a lot of thinking. <laughs> yes. I've done a lot of thinking about this. I'm very convicted and the amount of money that I would need to lie for somebody. And if you can't, if I, if I don't think I can get it done on what you paid me, then ain't gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I need to like disappear forever. Like, Hey, you guys, did, did they get Kurt? Did they come black bag him? Like, no, no, bro. He did that one thing for so-and-so. And like, he just disappeared after that. He's done. You know, Yeah. <laughs> like, did you get invited to the party next week? <laughs> uh, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, other than that, like you can't, the, and the way I put it is like this. I just gave a, a, um, I just gave a presentation a few weeks ago, uh, about a month ago now, uh, about doing research and having integrity. You can work and have a for-profit business in this industry and still maintain integrity, mm -hmm. but it's, there's, I put it like this. If somebody, if you don't have integrity, if somebody gives you a free keychain, you will tell everybody about how awesome the polymer that it's made out of is. And they used a really high quality nickel plated ring for the, you know, so it'll decrease, you know, something or other. But 
if you have integrity, then somebody can't pay you $10,000 to lie for them. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. So yeah, if you as an individual speaking to the audience feel as though you would be swayed, then that's not something that you should be. That's not a position that you should be in Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, We are here with Curtis from VSO Gun Channel, and we're going to talk about Sportsman's Guide. You have experience with Sportsman's Guide, don't you? Yeah, I think I just put a video out like last week, actually, with them. What did you, what product? Uh, It was a thermocell. I went on a bear hunt to uh, New Brunswick, Canada, and an unsuccessful bear hunt, but it was a great, great trip. And the mosquitoes and black flies were like thick. And I've used that product before, uh-huh. but uh, this is, I had their new upgraded version and it worked excellent. <laughs> so I felt compelled to put a video out about it because, and it almost is, it's almost as though it, you watch the video and you're like, this thing is awesome. You need it in your life. It feels like I'm reaching. No, it really is one of those products that is that good. So do you so, think, cause I don't have any experience with that. Do you think like if I were to have like a party at my house, like a barbecue and I would just put that, that thing on that it would just get rid of the mosquitoes. Is that how it I, works? I've not used their, they make bigger ones. They make like porch sized ones and, uh-huh. and whatever. I've so not you used use that like one. a personal size one. Yeah. So it's a personal sized one. And basically it works as long as you're not running. Interesting. So if you're, if you're just like slow walking or whatever, it will protect you then. Uh, from them. And the idea for anybody who doesn't know what it is that we're talking about, one, go watch my video, uh, be in the description somewhere. <laughs> I'll trust David to do that. But then the other, the other thing is it creates a cloud around you that the bug has to fly through before it gets to you instead of land on you and then decide that you taste bad. Hmm. I feel like so, I need that in my life. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Sportsman's Guide has so many different things. Like, I actually just ordered a garden planner from them and an easy up like canopy for when I go to the range. Cause sometimes, depending on the range I'm using, there isn't any, you know, overhead shade. So yeah, I just got those things, but it's, it's literally like, it's like the Amazon for like outdoor stuff. I agree. Yeah. So lots of stuff. So, uh, go to Sportsman's Guide and check out all the stuff we're talking about. All right, Curtis. So I got to ask, what would you say your greatest accomplishments in the industry are? That's a tough one. So can I have two? Uh, I guess. Oh, well, this is why. Well, this well is... we never we never got to the, my other one that I really hated. Oh, yeah, question. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So the sky pistol and then what else? Remington in general. So to give you an idea, I have a gun that we call the Rust 70. And it is a, I bought it completely new and it's been sitting in my climate controlled vault. Okay. Like if it falls over, it will hit the dehumidifier and every Remington part on the gun is rusted. Like all wow. the finish is rusted off. And if you look at a picture of it, you can see all the f- after factory parts that are on it and they look brand spanking new, but then you've got that gun and it just looks like trash. <laughs> and how long have you so, had it? I've had it for two years. Dang, that's it? And it's already yeah. all like rusty? Yeah. And I refuse to touch it because it's it's that bad. When you pair that with things like the R51 and some of the other guns they put out you know, recently, it's like, come on, guys. Like, what are you doing? People ask why 
why a company like Remington is in decline. And you need to look no further than the Rust 70 and be like, well, that explains it all. It's all QC workmanship and private product over time. Interesting. All right. And then your two greatest accomplishments in the industry. What if I forgot the second one? All right, then you're one. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, just I'm kidding. like, okay, and this is why. This is why one. You already gave me a fair warning before the show started. And you're like, hey, I tend to talk. Like, if the show is an hour, it's going to be like two hours. And I'm like, all right, no worries. Uh, so this is why, because you know, you you ask one question, you're like, well, can I give two answers? All right, sure. And now you're like pushing it because you forget your second one. No, okay. So the I'll be quick. So. Cliff Notes, although are this are they still called Cliff Notes? They have another name for them now. Uh, the, the fast version of something. What like the, um, yeah, no, the Cliff Notes. Oh, well, there's you're talking about like because I know it as an English major in college. So if you have a book and you're like, oh, I didn't read the last like you know four chapters, and I'm gonna have a test on it, and so you like go online, you look up the Cliff Notes. Right, that's what I know it as. Yeah, so I know um I never used Cliff Notes. I used pinkmonkey.com because they went into a lot more a lot more detail. So when the teacher's like, "And what was the, you know, did you guys notice that there was the theme of blue eyes throughout the book?" They'll actually touch upon that. Whereas like Cliff mm. Notes is like, "Eh, you know, so yeah, Pink Monkey Cliff Notes is it, where it's at." Cliff Notes hits the main plot. Yeah. Yeah. So the two that really strike to me are there was a person that basically told me that they had purchased something. The guy approached me at an industry show and he is like, Hey man, I use some, you know, great to finally meet you. I used something that you recommended to me and it really helped me when I was overseas. And that I was like, wow, valid. This just validated everything that I've ever done. I can you know, I've helped somebody out who's actually out there fighting for freedom. Like that's. So now I that, have to ask what that product was. Was it a product? Was it advice? No, it was a product. It was a product. Okay. okay. Um, but, but anyway, uh, the second one, and I'm just going to, there's a bunch of these because they happen on a regular basis, but there's one in particular mm -hmm. where basically this gun was blowing firing pins. Uh, is what it, what was happening. And basically, I was like, hey, you know, if you just reshape this thing ever so slightly this direction, uh, it'll completely fix this problem. So they had this this thing planned to completely rework, make the firing pin out of something else, change the angle of attack. I mean, it was going to cost thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to retool this thing to fix it. It was going to push the launch date back by six months, like all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, man, when you're cutting out the firing pin, just change this chamfer. And they're like, oh, oh, well, fine. Sure. They tried it. Sure enough, they went out and fired 10,000 rounds to the gun and bingo. Wow. Pro product launches on time. So I have still yet to receive one of those pins. Oh, that's I would great. Really, I was like, company or, knows or your royalties or anything like that. <laughs> well, no, I saw, I don't, I don't take any of that. Like, that's not my job. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Uh -huh. Like my job is to do the work. I'm very into the whole concept of like, get paid for what you do. Mm -hmm. Just don't take advantage of people. Yeah. Uh, basically. Now, what I do want is that company, you know who you are. I want one of those pins and I want it poured into a block of resin so I can use it as a desk weight. 
Okay. Like, that would be cool. Yeah. I know that you've got, I know that you've got a few of them laying around, like the old ones laying around. You gotta, okay. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> uh, this is a little off topic, but because you mentioned the word resin, I just put resin in uh, this wood table that I've been working on. It's been a few weeks. It's been kind of a long project. But yeah, resin, you said the word resin, it's like PTSD just came back because working with wood, especially when you tape it and the tape doesn't really stick to the wood and yeah, there's, I can't even, I don't even want to work with resin ever again. <laughs> okay. So it's I have to, hard. I have to ask because I'm working on a similar project. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a table. I started it in the winter when I was bored and I've, I've distressed the wood and I've put like, I've got it to seal. It's now airtight seal all the way around the thing. And I poured resin on it that I thought was going to work and it was the wrong kind. So it didn't work and it just evaporated. So me being an idiot, I thought that concrete resin was going to be fine. Apparently that's not the case. So there was a miscalculation there. Can you please, after the show, let me know what resin you used so I can get my project done. <laughs> Yeah, I could send you a link, but you really want to use epoxy is actually stronger than resin. Um, cool. and the stuff that I used, it's called, uh, resin epoxy or epoxy okay. resin or something. But yeah, it's expensive. But, um, I mean, as long as you have it all like airtight and stuff, but for me, it was like filling up a crack and it just got everywhere. But I'm going to show you a picture because it's actually almost finally complete and I'm pretty proud of it. I did make a YouTube video out of it. Don't look my best because you don't really look so great when you're using a sander and there's little, you know, little pieces of wood getting like in your eyebrows and your eyelashes. And yeah, you just, you look like a mess. <laughs> where's this, where's this picture coming? Uh, the picture of the finished project or the picture of me covered in wood particles. <laughs> Both. The, yeah, that one. No, I was like, I was like, okay, put the camera like just on my hands. Don't get my face right now. <laughs> it was a mess. Those are good accomplishments though. So what do you have like for like, what are your future plans? Future plans? Yeah. Other, um, other than, you know, now work on your wood because luckily you just met a wood expert who's going to, you know, set you up straight. There you go. But no, as far as future plans are concerned, uh, we've got some expansions coming. So I don't want to super talk like in great detail about them, but Nothing's going to change here at, at VSO as far as content or anything like that is concerned. Because again, I feel as though that it's a fun outlet for me to be able to communicate with an audience. Uh, and then also it's a way for me to advertise the actual like technical expertise that I have. So like that's never going to change, but the expansions that we're doing are related to the FFL side of things. So, uh, because of what I do, I have an 07 SOT. Mm -hmm. which uh, is a manufacturer's license with a special occupation tax stamp, which allows me to do everything mm -hmm. basically, except for have explosives. Mm -hmm. But we just made our first machine gun. What? Like a few days ago. Yep. So video for that. I don't know when this podcast is going to publish, but it will be that video will publish this Sunday. Okay. So this, it'll come, this show will come out the next day. Okay. So All right, guys, so head that, on over and watch that video. Yeah, that one's going to be super cool. It took me and just to put this in perspective, I usually say that if you watch a video from me, there's 2 to 3 hours per edited minute into that video. So wow. that's testing time, 
that's editing time, that's communications, that's shipping, receiving, all of it. Okay. Two to three hours per edited minute. So if you watch a 17 minute or 15 minute video, usually it's about 45 hours, 60 hours, something like that. Many times more. Mm -hmm. Um, That video is a almost a 20 minute video. And I have well over four hours per edited minute in that, in that video. Wow. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. So people have no idea sometimes like the amount of effort that goes into a video. Yeah, we I I pride myself on doing a a pretty decent job on the editing side of things. Uh This thing was a bear from the beginning. I mean, it's just everything from you have to navigate the the manufacturing process too. So there's there's getting the product, altering the product, registering the product, engraving the product, getting it to run, tweaking it, testing it. I mean. There are four or five people that are, I collaborated with to make it. It's, it's a, I mean, it's a met, it was an absolute mess of a project, hmm. absolute mess. And it came together and probably some of my best work. Nice. So, yeah. Good. All right. So then tell people where they can find that video. What is your YouTube channel? That'll be channel? up on the VSO gun channel on uh, both the YouTube channel and full 30. We'll have it up there. And then you'll find a short version, a chopped down version on my IGTV. Very cool. Yeah. But that's one of the expansions that we just got because we're going to be doing some testing for four manufacturers. We do a lot of testing for cans and things like that, mm-hmm. silencers. Mm-hmm. So we're enhancing that testing for them, but then also the ulterior motive for us to do that was that in my opinion, I feel like there's a lot of manufacturers out there that are skirting terminology. And what I mean by that is they say, oh, this is, thing is full auto rated. And that is used as a marketing term. Basically, it's what that means. And because if you, and I know that this is the truth because you'll ask somebody, one particular manufacturer, and they'll be like, yeah, it's full auto rated. Hook it up to a, to a belt fed and have, have a good old time. Or you could ask somebody who is kind of skirting the definition, if you will. And they'll be like, yeah, it'll do a burst or two of full auto. No, that's not full auto rated. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they're like, hey, this, they use that term to basically denote to the consumer, hey, this thing is strong. This is stronger than you'll ever need to worry about. It's basically an elitist look at the end consumer. And I don't think that's okay. So um, that machine gun is here to do all the stuff that we talked about in the video and then also to melt cans. And <laughs> we have can melting on the schedule already. So we will literally be melting a can. Dang. That sounds like so much fun. No, it's we're going to have high speed and everything. It's going to be great. As far as the other expansions are concerning, a little bit of nugget of a nugget is I do plan to produce some rifles in 2019 Very cool. for commercial sale. Nice. So, yeah. That's so cool. Do you have a name? Sort of. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to release it yet. Okay. There may be two. Of course there's going to be two. There may be two. I haven't decided yet <laughs> if I want to do, because, and a lot of people don't understand this. They're like, why do rifles cost so much? And it's because, or any gun costs so much. And really what it comes down to is you have cost to manufacture, cost to ship. But then you also usually have distributor costs. So there's a distributor markup. And then there's a uh, retail markup from the distributor. But then before you even got there, 
you had to pay an 11% excise tax on the, on that gun. So if I'm selling it, say if I wanted to sell a gun to somebody at 500 bucks, then it's already going to cost 11% more on top of that. See what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's already 55, yeah, an extra $55 on top of that. Then you do the markup and the markup and the markup and then the taxes. And that's what you end up doing is creating a, a gun that ends up costing way more than it needs to because of those things. So what we're trying to do is not have, we're, we're not going to have a distributor involved and we're also going to do small batch because I personally want to do them myself. Mm-hmm. I, every single one of them, I am going to be the one turning the tools. Very nice. That's really cool. I'm excited for you. All right. You have time to hang out for the rest of the show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So we're going to talk about Q. I am releasing a video um, in the next day or two with my experience shooting the fix. And um, I just shot actually the longest, that, or yeah, the farthest I've ever shot, which is only 630 yards. But I don't do long distance shooting. This is literally the third time that I've done it. And so far right now, my record is 630 yards. Um, I'm thinking in the next couple of days, I can make it to a thousand. So I'll record that as well, but I'm definitely excited. Uh, the fix held up really well. I think the fix is more for hunting because it's lightweight. So it's like only eight pounds and you do realize like, especially cause I show, I shot in prone position the entire time. Um, and even though I obviously know how to shoot a rifle, like it was pocketed in my shoulder properly, just even that position where you're like sitting, like laying down on the ground, it still kind of kept hitting my shoulder. So I did post a, um, a picture on my story at one point where it was like kind of bruised. It didn't look so great. I think Um, I remember seeing that. Yeah, it was pretty bad, (laughs) but I also shot a lot. Um, it wasn't just like a few rounds, so it kind of just comes with the territory, but I did, you know, I really liked the rifle. Like it, it did really well. Um, I fooled around with different types of ammo and it's really weird because typically uh, like the Hornady, the 140 grain would typically work best. But what I, what I found was the 120 grain worked best. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really fascinating everything that I kind of discovered and I use different apps and stuff and I'll show that on my video as well. But it was really cool. And I was definitely happy with the fix. Didn't have any malfunctions, accuracy. I mean, obviously, you know, the shooter helped, but yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with it. So if you guys want to check out the fix, go to liveq or die.com. Well, I'll tell you this, you can, um, you can also go ahead and tell your friends at Q that they need to call me because I would really like to test the fix. I've seen it all over the place. Uh, I've had some experience with their cans in the past. Uh huh. Uh, I liked their cans that they, uh, when I was part of the silence shop authority, I did some testing on those, uh, those cans for them. And I see pictures of the fix and I'm just like, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a beautiful gun. Yeah. It's, it's very pretty. So I would love to take that gun and put it through its paces. Okay. So very nice. I will put you in touch with them. All right. Cool. So now for our knowledge bomb segment. Dropping wisdom, slinging truth, prepare yourself for Knowledge Bomb. 
All right. So this one is kind of funny. So in 2003, a man, and I'm not even going to try to like pronounce that name. Uh, a man in Texas was abducted from his house right in front of his wife by two masked men with guns. He returned two days later unharmed. Turns out he staged his own kidnapping so he could go out and party with his friends. And I looked this up. This is actually legit. So uh, when the cops did some investigation, they realized that he was lying because obviously the cops had to get involved. Um, his wife, you know, was hysterical, called the cops. And uh, the guy ended up getting charged for making a false report to police, a class B misdemeanor, and his bond was set at 5000 and one of the statements that one of the police officers made was, I don't think his wife appre- appreciated being kept until four or five in the morning, being interviewed by the cops while her husband was out doing who knows what with who knows who. He's going to have a lot of answering to do. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, so you literally just staged a kidnapping so you can get out of the house away from your wife to party with your friends. His name, I can, I can do Spanish if you would like. Would you like me to try? Yeah, go ahead and pronounce that name. I'm going to go with Rogelio Andeverde. Okay, that's, that sounds yep. legit to me. Yep, yep. But <laughs> that Rogelio, is next level shit right there. Dude, I that, know. Like, I'm just like, okay, is your wife like that psycho where she won't let you go out? Or are you that psycho where your wife won't let you go out? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. It's just, yeah. Like, There's yeah. clearly some interpersonal relationship issues going on here. Clearly. <laughs> so yeah, that made me that made me laugh. All right, now time for our AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as never mind. AF. So I just saw this new segment just actually like an hour before the show, but uh, basically the headlines say Alabama woman shot in stomach charged for fetus's death and the shooter goes free. And so the initial headlines are like, say what? And then I clicked on it, read this, read the story. And the pregnant woman was the initial, she was the initial aggressor. She started the fight and the person that shot her in the stomach pulled out a gun in self-defense Alabama is saying that because this woman has, you know, she's pregnant, she has a duty to protect her child, that she should be held for manslaughter. And, you know, people might kind of hate me for this, but I actually kind of don't disagree with the jury on this because, I mean, there's certain things that you don't do when you're pregnant. Like you don't go into hot tubs, you don't take certain medication, you don't drink excessive amounts of caffeine. At least this is what my pregnant friends say. I've never been pregnant. I don't have any kids, but you know, there's just certain things that you just don't do in order to protect the baby. So why would you get into a fight with somebody, especially depending on, I mean, I'm assuming that this fight was like pretty aggressive and uh, for this person to turn around and pull a gun on this woman. Yeah. Um, you know what? I have to agree with you as well. And really what it is, is you have to look at the way self-defense law works in the United States in general. And then obviously in the locale, I'm not really super familiar with the way Alabama law is, Mm -hmm. but for instance, if we, if I can just for a second apply Ohio law, for instance, which is where I'm from, you are not allowed to initiate the confrontation Mm -hmm. and you are not allowed to escalate the confrontation. So Mm -hmm. even if somebody is beating me up and I say, pull out a baton or something, if they pull out a, a gun and shoot me at that point in time, I get in trouble. I'm at fault here. 
because I escalated the situation. Mm-hmm. I should just learn how to fight. Yeah. Basically is the way the law looks at it. So you can't escalate and you can't be the, the, the aggressor in well, the situation. And so, I, and I also say, I mean, any time that you can just avoid the situation, you know, she could have just turned around and walked away. Right. So, uh, but it does sound like you were saying that she was the initial aggressor, uh-huh. which is a no, no. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and, why would you start a fight, you know, depending on, all right, maybe, you know, she let anger get the best of her, but I don't know. But I think, I think maybe this whole thing is uh, kind of an outcry because of uh, Alabama, you know, recently making abortions illegal and stuff. It is quoted in one of the articles that says the state of Alabama has proven yet again that the moment a person becomes pregnant, their sole responsibility is to produce a live, healthy baby and that it considers any action a pregnant person takes that might impede in that live birth to be a criminal act. Yeah. I mean, I think they're reaching a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, there is kind of a double standard uh, in a lot of other states where you'll see. I'm, I think this is nationally. No, I could be wrong. Though. I'm not a lawyer. If somebody dies in the commission during the commission of a felony mm-hmm. that you are a part of, then you are held criminally liable for that. I'm pretty sure that that's across the board. But this is considered a situation where the infant died as a result of her actions. So therefore, someone died. Therefore, she can be held criminally liable because she was in the commission of felony. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fairly cut and dry. I do think that they're reaching a little bit. Yeah. Uh, with the whole, and of course, I don't know who who's this article is. I'm sure that we can trace its roots and see that it's probably some radical leftist rag uh, that wrote it. But for the most part, there is a double standard a lot of the time in states that that don't have the, those uh, abortion laws that way, uh, where you can end up you can't voluntarily terminate a pregnancy, but if somebody commits a violent act on you and injures or kills your infant then they go they can be charged for for the murder of the child yeah there is a clear double standard there yeah Uh, so i do just want to point that out but i don't think that alabama was off base on this thing i think the case against her is pretty cut and dry Mm -hmm. yep i agree i agree all right sharps bros have you guys have you ever heard of sharps bros yeah i have i have um they have two guns with their receivers on them Oh, nice. Which I don't ones? have any of the super cool ones. Oh, is it just, is it the live, the live wire one where it's, is it, there's no shape on it? Yeah, there's no like shapes on it. Oh, okay. uh, but, you know, sharps, you can call me. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like their lowers and they're, they're fairly new uh, to Gun Funny as an advertiser. And I just really respect John, uh, who created Sharps Bros, just because he really thought outside the box. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was doing something that nobody else was doing. But one of the things I want to talk about today is their 80% jack lowers. So, you know, something that's really increasing in popularity are their 80% lowers. This one, it's you you do need like a machine to do. It's not like your typical like polymer 80 where it's plastic, but it is perfect for the experienced machinist or those learning. Yeah, it's just, you know, if somebody kind of wants to, for those do-it-yourself-at-home types, the 80% jack would probably be perfect. Otherwise, they have a bunch of other options, lots of different really cool like type to lowers out there, like the skull, the hog, uh, the shark, just really cool. And you guys can find those at sharpsbros.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. 
Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. So one of the Patreons, one of the Gunfunny Patreons, Josh R., he wanted to know, what's the craziest gun malfunction you've ever seen? And when I first read this question, I was thinking, oh, I don't know. I haven't really seen too many, you know, crazy things. And then it like dawned on me today um, when I went back to the questions that I actually do have a pretty crazy story. Okay. So basically there was uh, a 50 cal. There was two 50 cals mounted on the Jeep of someone's car. And there was a guy that came out. There was like issues with the 50 cal. It wasn't firing. And a quote unquote expert came out to, you know, to try to fix the 50 cal and the car, the Jeep was in a, uh, in a building. And I was up front. Um, we were in the building and all of a sudden you just hear this big, like loud, like bang. And it went off. Like the guy did something. He didn't check to make sure that the gun was unloaded and he was messing around with it and it just went off. And obviously at like, you know, 50 cal, like it went through quite a few, quite a few things. Uh, and the way that the, the, uh, Jeep was set up, it was pointing towards a berm, like that was, you know, right outside the actual, uh, the actual building thankfully. So it didn't travel that long, that far, but nobody had ear and eye protection on. I mean, it just like scared the shit out of me. I was just like, what the hell just happened? And it was, you know, and then you turn around and yeah, but yeah, some professional. So that's probably the craziest thing. And that I guess wasn't even really, I mean, originally the gun was malfunctioning and that's why the expert had to come, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't your typical malfunction. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. uh, Trust me. I know. I'm like, it's never a dull moment in my life. Yeah. And all I kept thinking was like, thank God there was like a, a hill like right outside the building. So it didn't go anywhere. But yeah, talk about just, it just, I don't get it. I don't understand why people don't verify that the gun's unloaded before they start working on it or try, you know, dissembling it. So what would you say yours is? Uh, you're going to hate me. Can I have two? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually I have three. Uh, well, I actually have probably like 50 but we can't, we can't, we, can't, we don't have all day for that. Yeah. We can't, At some we can't point I got to mow my lawn today. Okay. So <laughs> I'll ask you a question. Okay. Do you want the malfunctions that were most negligent on the user <laughs> or from the user? Or do you want the ones that were just like, because of the gun, because the gun was fucked up. Uh, let's go with a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. One of each. Yeah. Okay. One of each. Okay, I'm going to scratch one of them because that's not – the belt-fed one is 100% user. So the most negligent one that I've got right off the top of my head is this gun was actually at – we were at an industry event, and the manufacturer was a semi-automatic uh, rifle, and they had been abusing this gun all day. They were there to do some testing. If anybody isn't familiar, a lot of times industry events are – Live fire industry events are great times to test your gun because you can have a whole bunch of trigger pullers come all at once. If you, as long as you've got the ammunition, you can get the round count up on a couple guns really quick and then take them back to the shop afterwards and do kind of a after action. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they were trying to do. And this gun was hot. Like they had a glove that you could put on to shoot the guns if you wanted. Wow. And they were just running them. Well, this, this person wasn't super knowledgeable. They were a writer like a physical writer and they were shooting this gun and they had just racked a magazine into the gun 
and they fired like two rounds and the gun started going off. Like it just started cooking off and running wide open. And you mean it started firing? Yeah, it started firing by itself because wow. it was it, the gun was so hot that yeah, it's cooking that it was around causing, yeah. in, the, in the chamber. Well, this person freaks out. They don't know what to do because now the gun is running without their user input. And basically what happened is it got about 10 rounds deep of just going off by itself. It wasn't quite a full auto rate. It was more like controlled semi-auto rate that Uh the thing was going off. I reached over and kicked the magazine out of the gun, um, basically, because this person was freaking out. Like, I could tell that any second they were getting ready to turn around with that rifle. Yeah. And that was a really bad situation. Yeah. So that was the most terrible user-induced one. Although that that would... That would be scary. If that happened to me, that would be scary because you typically don't, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't really, I guess it would be nice if whoever that industry or that, that company was like, Hey, you know, this could happen or the gun's super hot, but I guess the gloves kind of give it away. But well, if they were really trying to stress the gun, if you're trying to do that to it and see how the parts warp over time, it is acceptable to water quench the gun. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just going to screw up the temper on the gun anyway by heating and cooling, heating and cooling, heating and cooling. I saw just it. Just go ahead and quench it. There was a Over. company um, at some shoot that I was at, and they kept – they had like a bucket of ice water, and they kept dumping it in the bucket of ice water every yeah. time it would heat up. Yeah, and that's fine. You can totally do that. You have to recognize that it is going to jack up the temper on your parts. So – uh, it'll probably, that gun will probably run pretty good for the rest of the day. Uh, when you, when you tear it apart, it's probably going to need some parts replaced because that is going that, that, that extreme cool down uh-huh. is going to be a problem for that. It's going to jack up the, the parts. But if you're trying to just have the gun, it's not going to make the gun unsafe or anything like that. Typically, mm-hmm. um, you can do that and continue to shoot the gun. Uh, it's, it, it is acceptable. Now, uh, the one that was like 100% gun, uh, was pretty terrible. So I had a nine millimeter AK and this isn't the one I recently did. Okay. So I just published a video on a nine millimeter, millimeter AK, the NAC nine, a few weeks ago. This was not this gun. This was like four years ago. And this gun was the bolt had cracked, but the gun was still running and we didn't know it. But about every fifth round, it would have a malfunction, and it was throwing the live, like live ammunition, between the dust cover and the receiver of the gun. So it had hammered a space. Uh, it had basically flipped the uh, or stressed the dust cover enough that instead of going into the chamber, the rounds were going between the dust cover and the receiver at the trunnion, and it was like basically spitting live bullets out of the gun on the way to the receiver or on the way to the chamber. And it, I've never since seen one that was that egregious. Right. I've seen a lot of malfunctions, but that one was pretty crazy. No kidding. I'm like looking at my AK right now, trying to trying to figure out exactly what, you know, like trying to envision that. Yeah. It That's literally insane. warped the receiver wow. or the dust cover, warped the dust cover. Wow. Yeah. yeah it was cool. Definitely crazy. The thing if you guys want to know what the rest of them are, you're just going to have to subscribe. Sorry. Uh, I usually don't edit that stuff out. 
<laughs> just saying. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> what makes, you know, the videos worth watching. <laughs> I mean, other than seeing you, obviously, Curtis. Yeah. Of course. All right. But, yeah. you know, I mean, for the most part, though, there are lots of guns that come here and our space testing is 1500 rounds. A lot of times we'll run over, but there are, there are lots of guns that have showed up here and shot all 1500 rounds without a malfunction. So I, um, believe it. I just finished editing a video for an RPK clone uh-huh. and it did not have a single real malfunction. There was a, my brother had the gun and he, had pulled the charging handle to the rear and it kind of like half closed because he rode the charging handle, but then the gun like automatically closed by itself. Like a, there's a perceptible delay, like a full second before the bolt like fully closed. Uh-huh. That was as close to that gun got to a malfunction. Hmm. So. Very cool. All right. Uh, polymer 80. Do you have any experience with Palm Radies? Um, I'm supposed to get some, actually. Last time I talked to to my people that uh, actually handle Palm Rady, uh-huh. uh, they were supposed to be sending me some stuff. I okay. think we're waiting on a new product. Okay. Is it the... Is not going to say. The, oh, you're not going to say it's a new product coming out from Palm Rady? Yeah, supposedly. Uh, I'm pretty sure that one's under NDA. So it, it can't possibly be this the same one. So... Huh. Well, that would be interesting if you got it before I did, if they're my advertiser. I get a lot of things before people get them. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Well, Polymer 80. So if you guys haven't, you know, if you don't, if you're not aware of their products, uh, they, they basically make, they're not considered frames, but they're very close to a, you know, a gun frame. And when you get it, um, you just cut off the tab, sort of. Uh, take out that little middle insert and you create your own frame and it's compatible with all of the Glock parts. Really cool. Um, again, it's for one of those, you know, if you want to do it yourself and you can check those out at polymer80.com and I have a code for you. It gets you 10% off. That is gun funny. And once again, polymer80.com and tell them we sent you. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it. Hate it. Find out now. This doesn't really have to do with gear, but I wanted to talk about it because I remember the last time uh, that we talked, which was at NRA AM, uh, we were, we mentioned NRA TV and we were joking about it. And I'm like, where do you even find NRA TV? Like I've never watched a single segment or, you know, like I always see at NRA AM, like they're always recording it. And, you know, they're doing something, but I'm like, I have no idea where you find it. But anyway, so recently, you know, with everything else going on with the NRA and uh, Ackerman McQueen, because Ackerman McQueen ran NRA TV, the NRA decided to do away with it. So what are your thoughts about this? Yawn. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No. um, I'm like, no, what am I going to do without the NRA TV? Pretty much. I posted, um, so currently when this is being filmed, it is the 27th. So it was like announced yesterday, right? Uh-huh. And that's, yeah. yeah. And when I, as soon as I saw it, I made a meme about it. And I was like, basically like, uh, yeah, I've never seen an episode of this. It's yeah. totally like, if you could, if you could give me anything else that the NRA has done that could be more irrelevant, I, I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe carry yard. 
I know, right? Uh, but other than that, like, the only problem I have with this is I really like Colian Noir. I think he's a good good person. I think he's a great dude. I think he's got good values. And is he is he with Ackerman McQueen or I'm not sure. Because I'm not I sure know, what I know Dana is with Ackerman McQueen. I'm not sure what his what his contract is. Again, I'm not uh-huh. I'm not his lawyer. Yeah. I don't I don't know what his contract looks like with them. People were on the only negative thing about this that I really see is that people were lamenting that Colian was gonna be impacted by this. And I'll tell people this, that I've corresponded with him previously back when he was just doing YouTube. Uh-huh. He is not the kind of person that is going to go away. Okay. He ain't going anywhere. Don't worry. He'll have a new job by the end of the week. Yeah. And if anything, maybe it'll be a better job for him. Probably be better. Probably more prolific. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it. He will. He's that kind of person that he gets fed a shit sandwich like that. And he goes upwards and onwards. Yeah. Okay. So don't you worry about Colian. He'll be fine. It is crazy though. Everything unfall or unraveling with NRA. So my membership expires on the 30th and I kept debating if I wanted to renew it or not. So I don't want to give the NRA a dime, but I'm kind of between, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because if I let it expire, then I lose my voting rights. And I do think that, you know, if you want to see change, you have to take action, you have to vote. So it's like, I'm just stuck between like, okay, do I, do I just renew for another year and don't give him like a dime more? Or do I just, you know, to, to, to make a point, like just, I don't renew. And then I also think, well, what about, you know, next year's NRA AM, which takes place in Nashville. And I've never been to Nashville. I always wanted to go. <laughs> So if I'm going to go there, then I'm going to have to renew my membership. But it's just, it's really unfortunate because honestly, like I'm so, I'm so just, I don't, I'm just like really upset with, you know, just like all the corruption within the NRA. And I don't think that our dollars are really going towards fighting where it's it's pretty clear that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been clear evidence of that. Yeah. The, the, the numbers are out on that and they're Mm -hmm. totally not. And for anybody who is listening that doesn't understand the majority of the money that the NRA uses on a regular basis is is extracted from manufacturers. They do beg you for donations and things like that. But for the most part, that's a drop in the bucket compared to uh, what the, the, the level of money that they're extracting from people around the industry, Mm -hmm. Uh, things like the annual meeting. uh, Obviously they make a lot of money on that as well. As far as your situation, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I happen to have purchased a life membership years ago. So that so never you might as well. Yeah, you might as well keep it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think I can request a refund. Uh-huh. Not that they would give it to me anyway. Yeah. You know? So I don't think that I can get... I don't even think I can get rid of it. Except for a name only. So... I'm surprised they even let me into their into their show as, as vocal as I've been about them. Uh, but uh, ultimately, what it comes down to is if it's really between you worrying about getting into the annual meeting or not, you should be able to secure media credentials mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah. So that's how I get in every year, even though I have a life membership. 
Do you um, think? So there was a there was a joke going around that they weren't going to let me like me and Tim in, for instance. Yeah, and a whole host of other people. Yeah, well, Tim yeah. is like probably that's the one person that I would imagine that they absolutely don't want in, but yet he yeah. still gets in. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. So like it would be a it would be a PR nightmare for them to not let us in. Uh huh. One. But if they didn't let me in, like if they didn't, I thought that they weren't going to approve my media credentials because I didn't get them until like the last minute, even though I applied for them in a timely fashion. Uh-huh. Uh, I assumed that they, I just kind of like went there and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get my media credentials. I'll show up anyway and I'll just pull out my life membership card. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So what do you and think? What do you think I should do? And then immediately I'm going to call my friends and be like, hey, yeah, they didn't let me in. You want to do an interview? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So because I'm not a lifetime member, but if you so how it works is if you're a lifetime member, you can vote or if you've been a member for five plus years, then you can also vote. But then I also kind of wonder like, well, how, you know, does voting like the whole thing with Adam Kraut? I know so many people that voted for him. And yet every time he just, you know, they would just miss it by just like a few numbers. Those books are so cooked. That's what I'm thinking. So it's like I'm just I just keep going back and forth. I don't know. I'm not sure yeah. what I'll do, but I the guess... only way the only way that we could that we could do that it, it would take an active participation where we had a rally at the NRA annual meeting and said, "All right, guys, we've got ten thousand people here. Let's all go vote for Adam right now." And we got a clicker. We got a dude running at a clicker right outside the the, the booth to go. Uh-huh. And we got a line of 10, it would take, it would take half a day to do it. It would be an utter waste of time. But the only way that we could get that to prove that they're cooking the books mm-hmm. is sit there and be like, oh, he lost, did he? Well, you have accounted that he only got like, you know, 3,000 votes. Well, we have 10,000 people on the clicker right here and we have video evidence of it happening. You guys are absolutely cooking the books. Yeah. It's the only way. It's the only way. And I don't even know with the corruption at the level that it is that that would even do anything. I know. I know. Really unfortunate. All right. So last but not least, iTunes reviews. There is, we definitely need more iTunes reviews, um, but I was really pleasantly surprised to see how many people left reviews last week. So the two that I have are uh, Beamer Mike, five stars, worth the listen, Great show, tons of great information without boring you to sleep. Definitely worth the wait every week. Keep up the great job. And the second is Rock Solid ATA, five stars, great podcast. This show has gotten better since Shauna is no longer on. Ava's interviews not only get to the guest talking points, but really help you get to know the guests. I feel like I'm listening to an old friend. And on the plus side, she is a dog person, tacticals for life. Yeah, that's what's up. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So Curtis, I always pick a winner out of the two re- uh, people that leave reviews. So, well, I don't pick, I let the guests pick. So out of those two, who do you think should win a prize pack? Uh, I'm going to go with Beamer. Okay. So Beamer, contact me and uh, I will send out a patch your way and rock solid. I uh, appreciate the review. All right. So now we are going to wrap up. So if you guys want to find the show, just go to gunfunny.com. There's links to everything on there. If you can't get enough, uh, think about, con- you know, consider becoming a Patreon. Just a dollar gets you access into the Patreon only Facebook page. Yesterday, I posted a video of me jumping on the trampoline. It's not quite what you think it is. It's not like, you know, like people are like, Oh, is this your, uh, <laughs> is this your, 
uh, what is it called? Uh, like basically my interview for, you know, for like the man show, <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, it's so not what it, what you think it would be. So, but we're always having fun on that, in that group. And I really do enjoy everybody, everyone on that group, but always lots of laughs. So if you guys need more friends, more internet friends, definitely think about becoming a Patreon. Otherwise, you know, there's different levels. $25, I'll say your name on the show. And those people are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Charger Arms, Ryan Morrison, Kevin Brittingham, Michael Alexio, and Silencer Shop. So if you guys want to become a Patreon, go to GunFunny, or I'm sorry, go to patreon.com forward slash GunFunny. And because of your donations, it goes right back to the show. So I'm able to afford an editor uh, who is Kenny Ortega. He really works his butt off for the show. There's a trip coming. Are you actually going to TriggerCon? I'm not. No, I'm, I've done too many shows this year. So I'm not going, I'm hopefully not going anywhere until the Iraq veteran shoot in October. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I actually hate traveling as well, but I've not gone to TriggerCon yet. So I'm looking forward to that. So because of your guys's pledges, um, it helps me to afford that trip. And King of the Patreon, which is still Jon Snow. So if you guys pledge $100, or I'm sorry, $101 or more, you will uh, basically overthrow the King of the Patreon. But for right now, it's Jon Snow, and he wants me to say, contrary to popular belief, Operator Tickles, not the box jellyfish of Northern Australia, is the most deadly creature on Earth. And if you guys aren't familiar with Tack Tickles or Operator Tickles, that's my dog. Yep, that's what's up. <laughs> do you follow Tech Tickles on Instagram, Curtis? I do now. Okay, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> um, Hashtag make tickles famous. Uh that's actually a really good idea. I might do a King of the King of the Patreons. That's uh that's a good idea. I will totally let somebody pay me to tell me what to say. Right. <laughs> based on based on what the whole show was about previously, that's why that's funny. I know. So, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then one last thing. So if you guys, you know, every month we're doing a tack pack giveaway. If you want to enter that giveaway, all you have to do is go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP as in tack pack, put your name, your email. And I am actually this episode, I think on Monday, I'll draw a lucky winner. And uh, if you want to go to tack pack and just, you know, not enter the giveaway, just get your box. All you have to do is go to tackpack.com, use the code gunfunny. That will get you a free SOG tool f- with your first box. And, uh, and then tell them we sent you. And Curtis, thank you so much for spending an hour and, uh, it's like an hour and 20 minutes with me. And, no and I have some bad news. You are not my longest, my longest guest. So. I try. I t- I dialed it down. You try. Well, I feel like you tried because everything I asked, you were like, "Can I give two answers? How about three? What time is it? How about five answers?" <laughs> so you know, you were you were close though. <laughs> well, I again, I, I I know that you try to run a tight ship here. I've tried not to hijack your show. I a lot of the time will tell people before I start the show, be prepared. I'm absolutely going to hijack your show. Hmm. So. Yeah. Did not did not do it this time. Well, I mean you could have. You could have you could have hijacked it. It wouldn't have mattered, but keep up the good work. I definitely earlier today I subscribed to your YouTube channel. I thought I was subscribed, but uh turns out I wasn't. So I did now you. and you guys should too. Just remind our listeners where again to find you. You can find me and all of my shenanigans and uh with my friends at the VSO gun channel on everywhere basically. So we have YouTube, Facebook, 
Twitter, although I don't use it very often, Instagram, uh, and on Full30. All right, cool. We have a Patreon, too. Oh, nice. And what is that? Is it Patreon.com? The It's So Gun channel, yeah. All right, cool, guys. So go check out Curtis and uh, and become a Patreon. All right, we are out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.